Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. John chapter 7. Here again, I think this this chapter has just been difficult for me as as I've studied it, to try to to condense it down into a, a simple easily communicated theme. Last week I, I said it had to do with, with, um, with Jesus' identity. I don't think we've gone very far from that. If there's anything that's changed uh, in the theme of the rest of this chapter, it's that, that there seems to be more maybe of an emphasis of the, how some people were rejecting Jesus and some people were, were accepting Him. We're still looking at it when Jesus was there at the Feast of Booths, this feast that was given that celebrated God's provision for them, the way God took care of them in the wilderness as they wandered in tents. As Amy liked to say when we looked at it last week, it was like this annual camping trip that each family would take. They would dwell in booths to remind them of when the people dwelled in, in tents. This is a week-long festival, and here in this passage, we're going to see what happens on the last day. So let's, let's look at our text. John chapter 7, beginning in verse 25. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is, speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know who this, that, that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed, as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I have come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears... Will he do more signs than this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about him. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little time, a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Gentiles, among the Greeks, and teach among the Greeks? What does he mean by this saying, You will seek me and you will not find me? Where I am, you cannot come. On the last day of the feast, the great day, 
Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, but Jesus, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to him, them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd does not know that this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does not our law judge does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. The power is in your word, not in me. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And Father, I pray that uh, you would strengthen me, give me grace. I'm just a weak vessel, a clay pot. But you can use even me. Lord, let your word go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. As you can see from what we just read, there there seem to be several different shorter themes that all kind of weave together here. It, it's. I always look for something that's tying things together so that it's easy to have a very unified message. And let's just kind of go through a little bit at a time and see if we can't make some sense of this. So some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, is not this the man whom they seek to kill? The people knew who he was. Remember, Jesus had been in the temple and he was, he was teaching there in the temple and people were saying, no, nobody teaches like this. And Jesus said, my teaching is not mine. It's the what I've been given from the one who sent me. Jesus again says this, uh, I'm sorry. The people, they were saying, 
Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? They knew these Jewish leaders, these Jewish authorities, they wanted to kill Jesus. Then it says, and after here, and here he is speaking openly and saying, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? Okay, let's think about what this is saying. Jesus is there in the temple. All these authorities, they want to kill Jesus. And the people are sitting back. They know this is the one that they want to kill and they are not doing anything about it. And they're wondering, why aren't they doing anything about it? Why aren't they arresting Jesus? Why aren't they seizing Him? Is it because maybe they really know who He is? Is it because maybe secretly, and they just don't want to admit it, they know this is the Christ? That seems to be what he's saying here. Then, verse 27, but we know where this man comes from, and when the Christ appears, no one will know where he's from. Now, there's a little bit of uh, tension here, because later on we hear uh, there are other people who are saying, well, we know that the Christ is supposed to be from Bethlehem. We know that the Christ is supposed to be from the house and lineage of David. And here there's these people who are saying, well, we're not supposed to know where the Christ is coming from. So how do we reconcile these two things? Um, one person that I read, and I think this is an acceptable way to, to see this, is probably the, the popular opinion among people was that whenever the Christ came, no one would know. He would just come out of obscurity, which was right. Jesus wasn't born in a palace or anywhere. Jesus was born in a lowly place. He was born and placed in a manger. And in that sense, He did come out of obscurity. Yet those who had studied the Scriptures, those like the Pharisees, they would have known more than those who were just the popular opinion. They would have known that Jesus was to come from Bethlehem. Anyway, this objection comes. When the Christ appears, no one's going to know where He's from. And Jesus responds to that objection. Jesus proclaimed as He taught in the temple, You know Me, and you know where I've come from, but I have not come on My own accord. They knew Jesus had grown up in Galilee, in Nazareth of Galilee. Remember, Jesus, whenever He was born in Bethlehem because of Herod trying to kill Him, His family was warned, his father was warned, they went down to Egypt, and when it was safe, they came back up, and they settled in Nazareth, which was in Galilee. And so these people, they knew where Jesus was from, but they didn't really know where Jesus was from. Jesus had come from the Father. Remember, Jesus says, you know me and you know where I've come from, but I have not come on my own accord. He who sent me is true. We look earlier in John where John tells us in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus was there with the Father from the very beginning. And in in verse 14 of chapter 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about Jesus. They knew where His physical address was from. Where He grew up as a human. 
Yet Jesus was from the Father, sent from the Father, who knew the Father and came to show us the Father. Then Jesus says, He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. The one who he sent, who sent him is the Father. Jesus is saying, the Father, the one who sent me, he is true. He is reliable. He is faithful. And then he tells them, but you do not know him. Him you do not know. That's in verse 28. These were the Jewish people. They were the people who had received the law. They were the people who had received the prophets. They had the Old Testament. They they had all the prophecies that were pointing towards Jesus. They were the ones who God made a covenant with on Sinai. And Jesus tells them, you don't know Him. You don't know the Father. That's quite a shocking thing, isn't it? They were talking to the Jews. These people who had had the temple and all the things that, that, that they laid claim on a relationship with God. And yet Jesus said to them, you don't know Him, the One who sent Me. You know, as I think about that, there, there's an application that comes. We can have a lot of credentials. We can have degrees. We can have a, a, a backstory to tell of, of how God's got us through things. But all of the things that have to do with us and our credentials, our things that we can point to to lay claim and say, see, I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, that really doesn't mean much. It's more about what He has done, not what we have done. They had all this thing. They had the Bible. They had everything, but they didn't know the Father. That's a danger that we can fall into. That's a danger that people can depend upon their growing up in church. People can depend upon some time whenever they were a kid walking down an aisle, but it never really making a difference in their lives. They knew all about the Father, but they didn't know Him. Then Jesus said, I know Him, for I come from Him and He sent me. Jesus was making a bold claim. He came from the Father. He makes this claim. Verse 30, So they were seeking to arrest Him, but no one laid a hand on Him because His hour had not yet come. Jesus was here teaching in the temple. The people were wondering, why aren't they doing anything about this? Do they think maybe He really is the Christ? He makes this bold claim, I came from the Father. And then they start to try to catch Him. They try to start to catch Him, to arrest Him, but they couldn't do it. And why? Because His hour had not yet come. Jesus was sovereign over the moment when they came to arrest Him. They couldn't just come at any time. 
Of course, that was part of why Jesus avoided Jerusalem in the first place. Remember when His brothers were telling Him, oh, just go to the feast. Go to the Feast of Booths and, and reveal yourself with some miraculous sign. And Jesus said, no. But Jesus was even more than that. His hour had not yet come. Uh, I think of, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the movie uh, Gods and Generals. It's a Civil War movie. And uh, Aunt, um, Jackson, General Jackson, was up on a horse and, and uh, going in front of his men while the, the cannonballs were going. And one of the men asked, How is it that you can stand up there so fearless? And Jackson replied, There is nothing that inspires more confidence in battle than knowing that God has determined the exact moment of my death. Nothing's going to happen to me until it's my time, Jackson says. Why were the Jews not able to arrest Jesus? Because His time had not yet come. God was sovereignly orchestrated orchestrating things. There were more things to come in the ministry of Jesus before they could arrest Him. Yet, in the next verse it says, many of the people believed in Him. They said, when the Christ appears, will He do more signs than these? There were those who wanted to arrest Him. There were those who thought, well, we couldn't, He couldn't be the Christ because he's, He doesn't fit what we are expecting Him to be. He doesn't fit our imagined expectation that He, you know, we won't know where He's from. Jesus doesn't match our expectations either. If you walk with Jesus very long, you realize not everything turns out the way you thought it was going to when you first trusted Christ. Sometimes it's a real roller coaster ride of following Jesus. And the people all said, the ones that were believing in Him, they said, when the Christ appears, will He do more signs than this man has done? They say, I don't care whether He you know, came out of obscurity or not. What I know is He has done so many signs. There's no way anybody could fit who the Messiah is going to be better than Jesus. That's what these people were saying. And then we move on. The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring about these things. These Pharisees and these chief priests who were getting ready and, and who were plotting to kill Jesus, they heard the crowd murmuring these things about Jesus. They heard the crowd murmuring that they thought maybe Jesus is the Christ. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest Him. Then Jesus said, I will be with you a little longer, and I'm going to Him who sent me. You'll seek me, and you'll not be able to find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Strange. These people were coming to try to arrest Jesus, and what Jesus says he says he's going back to the one who sent him. 
He's going to a place where no one is going to be able to find Him physically. I think He's looking beyond the cross. He's looking beyond the resurrection. He's looking to the time when He ascends to the Father. And He's going away. That time where we live now, where Jesus has gone up into heaven. He is reigning by the Father's side. And these Jews who were trying to arrest Him, they'd never be able to find Him there. Jesus said, You will seek Me and you will not find Me. Where I am, you cannot come. Why wouldn't they be able to find Him? It's more than about His physical absence. I think it's because of the hardness of their hearts. The hardness of their hearts that they had embittered against Jesus and they they would not come to Him. Jesus, well then... The Jews said to one another, they they didn't understand it. You know, like all these others, Jesus says these weird things that people have a hard time understanding because they're looking for something physical. They're looking for something earthly and Jesus is talking on a whole other heavenly plane. Like when Jesus told Nicodemus, remember, you must be born again. And Nicodemus thought, well, can I go back into my mother and be born a second time? Or when Jesus said to the woman at the well, I'll give you living water. And the woman thought, well, you don't have anything to draw from the well with. Jesus is speaking about heavenly things and the Jews are interpreting Him literally. The Jews said to another, where does this man intend to go that we can't find Him? They don't get it. Does He intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and then teach the Greeks? What does He mean by this saying, you will seek Me? And you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. What the Jews thought is that maybe he was going out to the dispersion. What is that? What was the dispersion? Well, if you remember from the Old Testament, Babylon and Assyria both came. Assyria spread people from the Jewish nation around all over the place. That was kind of called the dispersion. They, they picked up the Jews from the land of Israel and they spread them all over the place to weaken them. To, when they're not united in one place, they can't stand up against the empire any longer. So there were Jews from that time, from 700 years before Jesus that had been spread out and there were communities in Egypt, there were communities all over the place. And so these Jews thought, well, if he's going away to some place we're not going to find him, is he going to go and teach the Gentiles? Well, that's not exactly what Jesus had in mind at the time. Jesus, I think, was probably thinking more in terms, like I said, of the ascension when he goes away. But who is he reaching in that time of the ascension? He's sent his disciples out on a mission to go and make disciples of all nations. And in a way, he was going to the dispersion, wasn't he? He was going to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All those who would ever believe. I think they didn't really understand what they were saying. 
And then verse 37, on the last day of the feast. Remember, the, the feast went from Sabbath to Sabbath. It was an eight-day feast. The, the great day is what it was called. It must have been a, 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 the high point of this feast. Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It was the high point of the feast. Jesus was there. He'd been teaching in the temple since the midpoint of the feast. And he gets up and he cries out this statement that I think echoes what Amy read from Isaiah 55. The Lord was saying to Israel, Come, everyone who is thirsty, come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. He's calling His people to Himself. And Jesus cries out, kind of remembering what he said to the woman at the well. He said, come, whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. And then he repeats, he, he, he follows that up with saying, whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? I think this is something that is uh, instructive to us. What it means to believe in Jesus is not just an intellectual assent to be able to say, I agree with these things. It's an experience. It's drinking of Him. When you drink something, it's not just knowing, oh, I know what water tastes like. You experience it. When you believe in Jesus, it's not just knowing something. It's experiencing it like drinking from Jesus. Have you drank from Jesus? Has He satisfied your soul? Do you just know about Him with your head? Or have you drank deeply from Jesus? He gives water freely to those who are thirsty. And notice also, he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. It reminds me of when Jesus said, I didn't come for the well, but I came for the sick. Who does he come for? He doesn't come for those who are self-satisfied. Those who think they have what they need. He comes for those who are thirsty. Are you thirsty? Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to Me. Come to Me. Then, verse 40, when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. This really is the Christ. They heard what Jesus said. They, they heard Him with His invitation, come to Me, come to Me and drink. And they heard the voice of Jesus. And it changed them. They said, this really is 
the prophet. Who is the prophet? Moses wrote of a prophet like him that would come. A prophet like Moses. This messianic figure. This really is the Christ. The one who was the seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. They recognize Jesus really is the Christ. But not all of them. Some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? They objected. Has not the Scripture said that the Christ from the off, comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? They didn't know Jesus, did they? They hadn't read Luke. <laughs> They saw him as this man, this carpenter from Galilee. They saw him as this carpenter from Nazareth of Galilee. They didn't realize his backstory. They didn't realize that he was born in Bethlehem. They didn't know the whole story. They saw this carpenter from Galilee and they dismissed him because they didn't understand. So that it was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. It doesn't say this in the text, but I think we can infer from before. No one laid hands on him because his hour had not yet come. And then the last paragraph of our text tonight. The officers then came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? These Pharisees, the chief priests, they sent these officers to go and arrest Jesus. And they come back with empty hands. Like, why, aren't, why didn't you bring him with us? Why didn't you bring him? You were supposed to come and arrest him. And the officers answered, that, they didn't answer that, well, we just couldn't catch him, he was too fast. They answered, their answer was, no one ever spoke like this man. He's so different. No one ever. He's so, he's so much different than any other human being. No one ever talked like this man. Then the Pharisees answered, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that doesn't know the law, it's accursed. The Pharisees and the, the, the high priests, they were, they were looking, discussing among themselves and saying, even these officers, they've been deceived by Him. The crowds, these, these rabble of people, they don't understand. They haven't looked in the Scriptures. They don't know the law. And because they don't know the law, they must be accursed is what they were saying. But then Nicodemus stood up. Nicodemus is somebody who we've seen already in the book of John. Nicodemus is the one who came to Jesus at night and Jesus told him, you must be born again. And it says here, Nicodemus who had gone to him before and who was one of them. By this time, Nicodemus had actually become a follower of Jesus. Though he was a Pharisee, he believed. He said to them, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does. He was pointing out something in the law. He was saying, you've got to give someone a fair trial. You've got to have justice. Don't just go after this man without first 
listening to him, hear him out. And what happened? The Jews, the Pharisees, they ridiculed Nicodemus. He was even one of them. They said, are you from Galilee too? They were picking on Nicodemus. Are you from Galilee to to search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee? There were some who believed. There were some who knew who Jesus was. They heard Him. They heard. And and Jesus later says, My sheep hear My voice. These people who were hearing Jesus, who recognized who He was, they were Jesus' sheep. They heard His voice. They followed Him. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they rejected Him. They wanted to kill Him. In the midst of all this, I think we need to go back to the verse 37 to close. Some people even today believe on Jesus. Some people, I hope we're all included, trust in Him. We believe on Him. We drink of Jesus. We experience Him. And some people... They don't. They push Him away. They they doubt Him. He doesn't meet what their expectation of Jesus should be. He He doesn't fit what their preconceived notion of religion should be. But Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to Me. If you're thirsty, come to Me. That's what we hear Jesus saying. Those of us who are are His sheep, we hear Jesus saying, if you're thirsty, come to Me. Come to Jesus. If you've never trusted in Jesus, let me ask you, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for satisfaction for your soul? Are you thirsty to have your sins forgiven? To be washed away by the blood of Jesus? Are you thirsty that the wrath of God that is to be poured out upon you would be taken away and completely satisfied? Are you thirsty? Come to Jesus and drink. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.